we also did a story this week about um, retailers investing in private label beer. So this is the flip side of it, that, yeah, of course, they're investing in local and it's done really well for them. Um, Profits at Endeavour, which own BWS and Dan Murphy's, were up something like 9% in the year. And they attributed that to the growth in local, in the people buying local from their brands. Because local's growing. Because we want to be growing. local too. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt are dedicated to providing the finest of brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are our proud sponsors of this. And this is Brews News Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum. And joining us in a three-pack from our Brisbane studios, it's Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. Morning, Pete. We've got a full house here, yes. Yeah, it's the boom in the room. Claire, <laughs> boom, 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 Hey, Pete. And Jimmy Gopher Gold. G'day, Jimmy. G'day, Pete. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> gopher Gold. Yeah, yeah, I actually yeah, caught well, it off. It's, it's too much like Gopher on the gopher, love ship. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on, 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 on the love boat. That's so. why my brain skipped for a second trying to figure that one out. As unofficially uh, Waldorf to Matt's Statler, Gopher was the um, the Muppet Show. He was the one who basically kept the kept the show going. Oh, that's right. Gopher was stuck uh, his head yeah. in. Yeah. That is Jimmy. That's the opposite hey, of what Minister I did. Minister Mr. John. No, that was Scooter, mate. Oh, it was too. Sorry, Scooter was the gopher. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And gopher Sorry, was, was, the, right, was, uh, w- w- was the hospitality guy on the love boat. On the love boat, yeah. And most of go. our listeners... Uh, what that, are you on that about? Makes, that makes more sense. <laughs> already we've, we've, we've uh, sort of gone I've been, I've been old bingo man already. bingo. <laughs> We're just yeah, it was basically a, a, other, an 80s um, sitcom where 60s and 70s um, <laughs> former stars went to die. <laughs> where, where they basically did their last performance. It was kind well, of like Florida. But you always you were in a show at Jump the Shark when Ted McGinley joined the cast. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so, no, 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 wow. Pete, Pete, let's just get this back on the road. We've anyway, got a big show today. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I'm yeah. going to start off just to get a, a couple of uh, couple of things out of the way, a, bit, a few updates because I want to get them out early and a couple of um, acknowledgements. Um, first of all, to Radio Bridge News Facebook members will have seen that I posted an update. Um, and I, So a shout out and a thank you to Paul Sinclair. I don't know whether this is coincidental. I'm going to say it's coincidental, although a few of the, uh, the commenters uh, did I think imbue me with powers that um, perhaps <laughs> may not exist? But the Sporting Globe, the, sorry, the Porting Globe at uh, Westfield Knox is now back to the Sporting Globe. Oh, I made... the power of Bruce News. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know whether Paul listens or one of his many minions um, passed it on and said, yeah, actually, it's, it's, we, we, we've got time and space to do it. Let's get it done. Because <laughs> um, the other thing too, it's, it, it actually, um, if you're up in the COVID testing uh, station at Knox City Shopping Centre, you look straight down and people would be going, as if my day isn't bad enough, I'm getting this, you know, great big Q-tip stuff halfway down my throat and I've got to look down and look at, you know, a missing letter on a an advertisement, you know, on a, on a, a billboard. So anyway, well done to them. Um, also well done to – now, I spoke to Bobby Henry for Beer as a Conversation. Great chat a couple of weeks ago. Venue Co. Yeah, well, a couple of months ago now, Matt, that was <laughs> the first of, oh, I'm, you know, we're allowed back out. As it turned out, it was only for a little play. Um, so we were only allowed out at recess and that, then we all had to come back inside and then we, then it was wet weather um, procedure for the rest of the, the year pretty much. But um, his boss, Paul Watterson, um, has been on radio quite a bit down here in Melbourne. And it's I've got to say, I've just had to give a public shout-out to him because it's been a breath of fresh air. There's been a lot of um, media outlets wanting to get people on who have got an axe to grind and, you know, oh, it's terrible and the government should be locked up and hospitality should be open, blah, blah, blah. Um, 3RW down here, particularly in the afternoons, has been getting sort of, I guess, regular updates as the – goalposts have changed or as, as the roadmap has become clearer, they've got Paul on to um, sort of talk about how it's affecting general hospitality and, and his 30-odd venues in the city um, as well. Um, and he's just been very – it's just been a real um, breath of fresh air. He, he's been measured. He's been calm. He's accepted the fact that, yep, yeah, we're all doing it pretty tough, but looking at the positives. And so I, I just thought it was worth um, calling that out. Not, not, not that I get, I get that there are other people who want to 
have a crack, and that's and that's fair enough. And, and, and sometimes and if that your anger business will... is on the line, and you know, like you're feeling the stress, you are going to focus on on, on that element of it. Um, and yeah, it can be a little yeah. bit harder and to step out of hundreds of employees. Mm. And and if anything, he's probably in a position where he could say, like for example, the Imperial Hotel, which is a really great hotel, one of the ones in the in the city, has got a rooftop bar that that can easily accommodate, I think, 250 people. I think that's what it's licensed for. So you could easily do you know 50 or 60 and have social distancing and be in the outdoors so he could probably even have more but the way the rules are at the moment come november 1st he's only allowed to have three people or five people whatever it might be one per x number of square meters and or a a percentage of the capacity or whatever because it's spread over three levels so um he's got every right to you know cut up rough but he's actually uh, just sort of made those points and then moved and 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 just sort of i guess just a, a very positive outlook so i just thought that was worth giving him a pat on the back publicly. Thank you, Pete. Well, as public as this is. <laughs> well, we've got a public. It's not and finally, public. just before we move into the news and or talk about you guys, um, uh, Angus from Molly Rose made a bit of a delivery. I've just shared a photo <laughs> with, with you guys on our messenger. Um, some lovely canned product from Molly Rose. Really looking forward to um, – and I'm sorry I wasn't here at the time. I was, I, I was uh, out for one of the four allowed reasons and I was within the 5Ks and all that sort of bullshit. But anyway, <laughs> he dropped hand-delivered hand some beers, uh, one of which is a double shower, da- double IPA, an 8% <laughs> slimline can from a brewery in um, Sweden, which I uh, – Zag- Zagavor. Is, is there it some is. language that I'm missing? What's a double shower? Oh, sorry. I, I just saw the front it's of the can. Got, it's okay, got two yeah, yeah. shower heads. It's got two yeah. shower heads. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I still don't yeah. know if that cleans you more thoroughly. It's more like. A, or you could shower with a friend. I think it's the share shower. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Well, Pete, we you know that forward. like the one at that men's club, Matt, that you tried to take it to that one time. <laughs> Oh, here we go. No. Your sordid histories. Pete, we look <laughs> forward to a, uh, a full review of your double shower beer. Yes, please. Yeah, Photo or no photo. Probably no photo, please. <laughs> I thought I might do a side-by-side comparison because I've still got a can of White Claw mango. Oh, wow. Well. Still so, got it, sitting on it. Thank you to the people, including my daughter who sent me um, the shower margarita kit photo oh, that have go. been doing the rounds yep. on social media. So we can send that down to you and you can just sort of like have a, have a shower trial, Pete. <laughs> At the risk of yeah, being that old man, um, my Facebook feed has also all of a sudden been peppered with this uh, beer snorkel, like a shotgun. Have you guys seen that? No, I haven't actually. I just thought, and, and not, was... and it's all suggested for your recommended view. So it's not, it's not being shared through. I don't think through any of my contacts or anything like that. It's, but it's just sort of there was just a bit where it, it was obviously just you know they paid for boost posts or whatever. And I just thought, oh, you know, that's just as fun as all this is, you know, yeah, when you're 18 and... Uh, this is just a natural media. progression when you refer to um, patrons as punters and beer as booze, beer snorkels are just around the corner. <laughs> but I also think that a shower... I think a shower beer is... We all know that a bath beer is the true... Ooh, best way to enjoy Jimmy laying That's it what down, I thought when right? you said when you said <laughs> quite you literally said, in the yeah. bath. Yeah, when you said snorkel, I thought that's what it, what you meant, Pete. It's like a just in case you, you're not off in the in the bath. <laughs> no, it, it basically breeds abac so abac friendly. Safe drinking. <laughs> now, look, Mrs. Mrs. Pilsner is fond of uh, every now and then on a Sunday afternoon she'll have what she calls her double bubble, which is where a, a bubble bath with a glass of bubbles. Oh, respect yeah. that. That yeah. sounds wonderful. Yeah, that's different. That's that's pampering yourself that's not shelby that's self-care I, sorry i just self-care can't care in a time of crisis i just can't come at shelby anyway <laughs> um we'll talk about what's up with you guys have you got anything to share or should we get straight into the news because there is a fair bit of it oh yeah. can i just get this off my chest and oh, it's, go on. Come on. <laughs> before we get into the news and i'll probably touch on a couple of news things but i found out last night from a brewery friend that a beer that i love a classic lovely lager beer may be on its death's because no one wants to drink them anymore. It's all hazies and. I thought lagers, lagers, fairly popular, isn't it? Well, no, but it doesn't sell. Are. It just doesn't sell, apparently. So is, is it a, is it a lager? No, it's a well, it's a pilsner. It's, it's a pilsner. It's, it's well, labeled, we can't say too much. I don't want it. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to sort of um, because. No, I but don't is know it labelled? Is it marketed as a as a pilsner or as a, a lager that is a pilsner? No, it's a pilsner. No, so it's, right. a, it, it's a pilsner um, style beer. Um, so but, is it is it the name? No, I I, I just think it's. Um, not hazy, um, and haze is what's selling. And you know, like, look again, I don't want to. Beer is meant to 
be sold and it's meant to be bought and all of those sorts of things. And I completely understand that. I'm not running against it. It's not my cup of tea, so to speak. But, you know, it, it's there's just a point at which you sort of realise that craft beer is completely in its disco phase. Um, it's, you know, it, it's all velvet, wide collars and, you know, bad music. And, you know, the, the, if you listen to some disco now, you'll sort of see that there were some elements of the music that was actually very artistic and, you know, it has longevity. But by and large, it was a decade that came to be a great embarrassment. Um, and it was all just one big sample. No, 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 sampled, I was too young. But you sort of sampled back. backing track with electronic drums. And <laughs> I think it's even worse. It's almost like when Kiss went through their disco phase because it used to be cool oh, and now it's just yeah. this time. It was what it said it would never be and now it's it in the middle That's of it. it. Yeah. I don't know. I was a bit of a kiss fan. Anyway, but, look, <laughs> but my, my point is, look, you know, it, we, we, we drink beer for the pleasure it gives us. Obviously, there's a style of beer that's giving a lot of people demand, and that is what's moving in the shops, which is what the business is. But, you know. So just to clarify on that, is, is that range, that product in, in a range being rested or dropped and replaced by... I, I, I don't know. It just doesn't sell, apparently. Oh, right, so, okay. you know, but it's, 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 it's a... It, and the thing that disappoints me so about it... So they're not rebranding it, such, it a hazy... No, no, it, it's such a good... Um, oh, no, but, but again, like uh, I was down at Newstead, um, yes, say, Great Brewery making some uh, very nice beer, but they had a Golden Ale. Again, Golden Ales didn't sell. It's now the Golden... Well, it, used to, it went from Golden Ale into a lager. Is it... Oh, I did main, become a golden lager. I lived as a lager thing? for a year or two, and now it's turned into. So, so the same thing. The main thing, golden juice golden or golden juice, which is like a hazy, juicy yeah. golden juice. Golden juice. <laughs> yeah. And and look, where's Abar? Nicely made beer, all of that sort of thing, and and it just sort of shows the commercial pressures that are on businesses to make things that sell, and the public obviously wanted. Yeah. And but that's why I don't think you should be upset or down I, I, about I, I, it because I, I, these things come around. I, I'm, come I'm not around. railing against it, um, but for me, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm not sort of trying to turn back the rivers or anything like that um, because, you know, gravity mm-hmm. um, and all of that. <laughs> but the, the the point I'm making is I remember when I first started writing about uh, beer and, you know, used to sort of buy into the whole, you know, this fizzy yellow lager that the big brewers make, it's just piss and stuff like that. And I remember reading a... a column by an English beer writer called Tim Webb um, and he made a very very good point you know like you can love um, craft beers you can love the experimentalism and all of those sorts of things but don't deride um, the beers that a lot of people find pleasure from and he quoted you when he asked uh, he didn't name the brewery but he was sort of sitting down to interview the head of a major international uh, European brewery chain making golden lagers and his question very belligerently was you know why do you continue to make this yellow piss Um, and the answer that he got back was because that's what people are buying and Mm -hmm. you know and that's what um, in your John Hall interview that's what the other guy said didn't it yeah he was just like well, we're going to make IPs, we're going to make hazies because that's what sells because that's what sells (laughs) and and that's a very good point And, and so you can't and so I'm not getting away from that but there's a point at which we have to be honest with you know craft beer, which to some extent was a rebellion against a monoculture, is at risk of becoming its own much smaller niche monoculture. Um, as Are we living long enough to see ourselves become the villains? Is that the case? Ah, there you go. Well put. Nice, nice, uh, yes, nice literary reference there. <laughs> so, so anyway, that's it. Probably it's like, Batman. Again, back to Kiss, you know, disco face. The next, <laughs> next phase will be we won't wear the, the face paint and then we'll come back to being Kiss we'll again. We'll come yeah, back to being Kiss again. Yeah. It's coming back. It's just, cyclical. Yeah, because, it's cyclical. because for 10 minutes people realised why Kiss wore the makeup originally. And they were like, put it back <laughs> on, put it back played, on. They played, yeah, it one, they played one gig and, yeah, that's how long it lasted. <laughs> Anyway, so I just had to get that off my chest. So I don't, no, no, I don't no. actually know what the point was, but murder you know. on the dance floor. Murder on the dance floor. Because yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think you're right. It's, it, it is that disco. It is just becoming very, yeah, very, uh, yeah, monochromatic. <laughs> I actually had, oh. I, I posted a photo of, um, I had a seltzer in my fridge and posted it to the Facebook group and somebody sort of obviously went right past the seltzer and saw the uh, unicorn um, from the, the, the blaster unicorn beer and sort of <laughs> said, oh, I'm more interested in that. And that's the thing, like I've got so many hazy 8.5% beers in my fridge that a beer that, and I thought it was a cracking uh, beer, I really enjoyed it, but I just don't have room in my 
um, standard drinks budget to get back to it. And so I basically says, hey, look, if you want to come and collect it, free to a good home kind of thing. <laughs> because I'm not, it, you, you want to drink it fairly soon and I just don't know what I'm going to get to. I'm glad you there and other people take all the hazies and IPAs in the office. I couldn't handle them. <laughs> Well, perhaps let's let's start off with our first story of the day, the rise and fall of Brute IPA, as told by its creator. Um, so we recommend you go and check out the Beer's Conversation podcast with John Hull. Uh, craft beer narrative has been built around creative and experimental brewers driving flavour and style innovation. The last 30 years have seen beer style development uh, progress at an ever-accelerating rate as brewers try new ingredients, combinations, techniques and style blends. Just two years ago, the Brute IPA emerged as a style and quickly spread across the US and to other countries. One of the early commercial versions in Australia was, of course, um, Scotty McKinnon out at uh, Wolf of the Willows. Um, with versions being produced soon after by many other brewers, it was a style that created excitement and seemed full of promise for longevity, but it disappeared as quickly as it came. So uh, go and listen to that, a, a very good uh, listen. And it does give insight into uh, what I hope we can add, I guess, to the, the overall conversation. And, you know, as Matt and I often bang on, you know, back when we were just two bloggers trolling each other. Oh, sorry, uh, re- re- replying with comments to each other's very well-written uh, posts. Um, but it, it was a learning experience. You know, we'd, we'd come out of this, I guess, a wilderness of pale, mod- moderately hopped Australian-style pale lager. And then all of a sudden, this new thing was was coming. And, and we've seen all these different iterations of this is going to be the thing that launches us. And it does, and it brings a whole lot of people in. Then sometimes those become, oh, we're going to resurrect a, an old style. Nobody had ever heard of Kolsch, you know, 20 years ago. Or Gozers or, you know, Sours for that matter. But um, every, every every iteration, I guess, brings new people into the, the fold. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just, it is very interesting to see how, how things do change. Mm. Um, our next story, Black Hops buys semi-pro brewing. This is an interesting one for me because I um, and I think some of our listeners and commenters have, have commented. You know, is this is this the future? And I think we've discussed this before, Matt, about sort of do we call it consolidation or do we call it? Um... Mate, I'll, I'll put it this way: scale. Um, you know, again, one of the things I remember very early, Chuck Hahn saying it's a unit cost game and it, it's a it's a business about volume and scale. And look, I, I don't know too much about um, this particular brewery and you know w- w- with the back end into it but I just sort of know that you see people who are working very very hard to maintain a business um, as, a, as a small little business I, I, th- I think when you walk in there and you see these happy smiling engaged people who love beer and what they're doing you know it, it paints a picture that oh wow this is what I want to do with my life. These people must be the luckiest people. Living the dream. <laughs> and, and mm-hmm. Mind you, yeah, like it's, it's literally the duck. You don't um, see the duck paddling underwater. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so I'm guessing that, you know, yeah, that this is a um, way for them to keep in, in a business that they're doing but start to see a little bit of scale and growth. Uh, and with Semi-Pro has a, a 10 heck system. So that uh, you and I went and visited Matt not long after they opened – I think, and they gave us a bit of a, a tasting there. Was it Sunday afternoon? That's right. Yeah, it was a Sunday afternoon. Uh, had, and, had a couple and of beers. Great, and, and families, and there was a great vibe and that sort of thing. But you looked at it and you sort of thought, this is very hard to scale up. Yeah. Like you, you, you're going to work just as hard in this business, in, in this size brewery, as Muzz and Hajar will at a you know one that's 50 times bigger. And potentially even harder because if you've scaled up, then you can afford to bring more people on, and exactly, yeah. So it's it's still all very hands on. It's very manual and all that sort of thing. And you just sort of think that's great if you if you can if you've got enough uh, interested and, and passionate and committed people who can, I guess, treat it as a second job or as a um, a supplementary or, or their other job becomes a supplementary income. But yeah, very difficult to. What do you guys think? Have we seen? Is this the the first or the last? Well, I think it's funny when you see businesses that the owners are paying somebody to run the business for them and they've still got their regular, you know, good paying job. Their real job. Their, yeah. their, their real job. You sort of think, well, where's, apart from the fact that you own a brewery, where yeah, is... Yeah, there's, there's the, you know, the star power of owning a brewery. Loads star... of, like, accountants and things love to have a stake in a brewery because it makes them sound cool to their mates. Oh, <laughs> That's so, why they like it. So just... <laughs> 
take a stake in a brewery. Yeah, don't know, own the, one. The silent, <laughs> silent, you know, lazy partner. Yeah. Um, as Who opposed does it for to the, the glory rather than the brewer brewing or the incredibly beer. hard um, <laughs> sort of partner. And, and it's funny because I mean, this brewery is one that anyone who lives on that side of town has been there, you know, the number of people who stop and they reference it and sort of say what an awesome little venue and they love the idea of local. So it's got great buy-in, but, you know, whether or not having great buy-in for any venture of that size is going to generate enough income that you get to have weekends off from time to time is is really the question. It's also really cool that Black Ops are um, they're kind of the first Gold Coast brewery to kind of put a flag in the ground in Brisbane permanently, right? And a lot of Brisbane breweries try and, you know, get traction down on the Gold Coast. And the Gold Coast is really, really territorial. It loves, you know, there's a reason that Bolter Black Ops and Burley um, and Lost Palms do really, really well down there. It's because the locals love them. Mm. But whenever Brisbane breweries try and, you know, inch down there, it's there's usually a lot of kickback. But I think Black Ops would be quite uh, welcomed up here as well. Yeah. Um, so that'll be really good well, for see, them. Well, see, Black Ops also, it, you know, it, when you sit back and look at the brands that succeed, Black Ops has a brand that trends, that, you know, you can go and visit Black Ops, but the brand itself, and they've worked very, very hard, and they're quite clever in the way that they've created a social media presence and an excitement around the brand that isn't rooted on the Gold Coast or isn't rooted in a place. It's a brand that people engage with. Um, and, you know, when you look at the brands at scale, you need something that the, the idea of the business needs to scale, not just your ability to produce the liquid. Yeah, if, you're, if your business is based on the fact you're two streets away from the beach, but then you want to open a place in the <laughs> yeah. industrial precinct to the back well, of the Gold Coast or in Brisbane, it's not going to yeah. work. But it's kind of similar with Ballistic, right? Those guys have sites mm-hmm. around Brisbane and it's not, not really like, a, you know, they're not named after the postcode or the mm-hmm. suburb. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, yeah, it could be in Melbourne or Brisbane or wherever and it would kind of still be at home. So it's yeah. pretty clever on that. Well, that's what I was a little bit surprised when Lost Palms said they were moving into that um, place in Sherwood because that's Lost Palms' eye. When you think of it, you think of those pastel colours and yeah. the Miami yeah. thing and, like, that's how you think of it. But the way they said that they want to be part of that particular neighborhood that's quite an urban neighborhood it's not like a beach type beachy type city um and but i think they're they've got a strong enough brand that that'll work there um and that it'll be a bit of a not a novelty because that's sort of pejorative but it'll be a really interesting brand to bring into a neighborhood like that kind of further off topic but even four pines four pines is named after the the four, four pines, pines that they, yeah. they dug out of the manly beach for you know back <laughs> in the war times or whatever and now they've yeah. got a venue where you're next to dunder in the in the city here and it's kind of like this is, this is beachy <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really interesting isn't it cool yeah i think yeah you're right about that that sense of place but i think you the naming does sort of, you know, as Matt said, you know, Black Hops kind of, it, it's got that gaming connotation and it's also got, you know, people who have got, a, I guess, a, you know, a military bent um, and it doesn't necessarily tie it to a place. Yeah, um, actually, and I don't want to, we don't like to sort of tease or cross promote too much um, here, but... Yes, if we did. Yes, we did. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we probably should more, um, but we don't. Um, but yesterday I sat down and had a really great chat um, with Antonio Chorchari, uh, who was the, and still is for another eight days, the brand manager for Great Northern. Um, we, we talked a couple of weeks ago about Great Northern, and uh, so I wanted to have a chat to her about the brand and how it grew. And you know, she has, in her nine or ten years at CUB, she's worked for some of the breweries that um, have become you know, constant references on, on the podcast, you know, Cascade, <laughs> Matilda Bay, Yak Ales, Pure Blonde. Um, and it, it, it turned out just as we were sort of having a chat about her progression through and what she's learned about Great Northern, and I was even able to ask her, you know, how do you make it feel like it's from cans when it's fruit? <laughs> and Scoop Pete, the beer isn't just made at Yaddler anymore. Ooh. Oh, okay. So because it's so it's so big that. Some of it's brewed Abbotsford? very, very close to you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yes, and, and, it's the beer from down here, and and, and, that, and that sort of came. And again, she was very. It was, it was an absolutely terrific interview with somebody who was just passionate about talking about beer. But it became a bit of a masterclass in brand because all of these things that she's learned. You know, we, we talked about. When uh, Cascade, which was a mainstream Tassie brand, but had all of that lovely 
extra about the brand because of the brewery and you know the, the steeped in tradition steeped man. in tradition but also you, you've got Dripping Tasmania the way that Bogues <laughs> has managed to make Bogues a brand that was all about purity and you know and so we had this great chat about the challenges in taking a mainstream Tassie brand and trying to make it into a craft beer brand without losing the local um, beer drinkers and you know and it, it was a really really fascinating insightful chat and so it'll drop next Tuesday um, didn't mean to tease it but it was it just came relevant during that chat um, because yeah brand is catching light lightning in a bottle um, yeah yeah and we, and we do wish um, so Black Ops and Semi Pro all the best obviously it's going to be um, a, a big effort to to get it all up and running and all that sort of thing. And presumably they'll also need to is so it's all being rebranded. Yeah. So uh, the, yep. will semi pro beers Brisbane. become Black Ops beers? Uh I believe, I believe it's, so. yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. basically semi pro is sort of line in the sand and Absorbing. It'll, yep. it'll reopen as Black Ops Brisbane. Yes. Yeah. So they will probably well they can probably get in touch with Rowling's label stickers and packaging because they're gonna need <laughs> To uh, get lots of labels and um, to stick – rather than just – you can't – you know, obviously you don't want to throw out all the prepackaged semi-pro stuff. You can just rebrand it as as, uh, as Black Ops. And I know they're probably wondering, you know, but, you know, I, I, I don't have a, a sleeve um, canner machine and all that sort of thing. But um, Relling's label stickers and packaging are able to not only supply labels for your cans or bottles, they can also supply the printed or blank cartons, can trays, tap decals, barcodes and shrink sleeves already applied to empty beer cans. I'll yeah. say that again. Already applied <laughs> to empty beer cans. So you don't need filling. to invest. It's, it's not like the old razor blades where, you know, you'd we'll sell think you so, the... Matt, wouldn't you? But no, <laughs> these are already applied to empty beer cans, ready for filling. Um, the guys often get asked where the brewery buy, a, you know, a, a shrink sleeving machine. Um, that's the official title. Uh, to, to apply the sleeves to the cans. But it's not the case. Don't worry. Just forget that. Forget we even said it. All right? Shrink <laughs> sleeves already applied to empty beer cans. Ready for filling. The cans come to your door, palletised, ready to fill. Nothing more to do except call one three hundred eight five two two three five to discuss further. Well, there probably is more to do, like fill the cans, but that's just nitpicking. Well, up to and including <laughs> yeah. filling the cans. There's nothing else. Nothing else. Or you probably have to sign the delivery docket. Oh god, they just make it so hard, don't they? <laughs> I know. Jump through hoops. Um, you know, talk through a mask, all that sort of stuff. You guys don't have to do all that, do you? Something else you could do is invite those uh, the, the lovely guys from Rellings in for beer because they do enjoy um, craft beer. And they certainly this podcast, do. We did have a, was it, speaking of which, it was at, at Newstead. Was it the, almost this time almost last year? Almost this time last year. Hopefully the no board way. is open so we can have a uh, Christmas party again this year, Pete. I'll probably have to zoom in. <laughs> oh, that's annoying. That's all right. I won't be tubing. Um, now, two-thirds of US seltzer switching gains have come from beer. Now, I, this is uh, relevant and topical because I was just speaking to uh, a young brewer, Mark Robinson, from um, Stomping Ground on Tuesday night, and the the whole seltzer sort of thing came up. And he was sort of saying, but, uh, you know, he wasn't sort of too clear on where the gains were coming from. So is seltzer bringing people over to craft breweries from – uh, ciders or from, you know, Prosecco in a can or from, you know, goon bags or whatever it is. So this IRI data was interesting to see that two-thirds of US seltzer gains are coming from beer. Almost half of hard seltzer growth in the US is coming from drinkers who are switching from the beer, wine and spirits category with two-thirds of that number switching from beer, according to data presented by Global Big Data and Consumer Insights Specialist IRI. And look, yeah, I'll say up front, if you are interested in the story, go watch the IRI presentation. It was an hour. Very, very interesting. The slide decks are all there um, and it was there. So that was just really a summary of that presentation. <laughs> As uh, somebody commented, it's a third of the total growth of seltzer um, is coming from beer. But 12% of the growth is coming from um, just new people to the category. Um, then there are people who are buying more. But of the sales that are affecting beer, um, which is people who are switching from beer, wine and spirits, two-thirds of that number is coming from beer, which uh, you know is, is a fairly significant trend in the US. Yeah. Will we see a bit of a correction in the near future, a bit of a, uh, to use a stock market term, a dead cat bounce, where <laughs> so at the moment they're buying, there's more quantity being bought. Is that because here's this new seltzer thing, let's buy a couple of, you know, a six-pack from all the different ones available over the next few months and then we'll pair that down to the one that we really like or the one that's cheapest or the one that's most available or the one with the prettiest can? Well, that, that was what was quite interesting because I think 96% of 
the seltzer purchases are from six brands. There's been a tenfold increase in brands in the US, but 96% and White Claw is an absolute mm. monster. Um, we even heard this week that Lion, which has um, the White Claw distribution rights in Australia, yep. has, own, yeah. has already pre-sold its entire... Um, <laughs> you can't get hold of it. Yeah, <laughs> you can't so, get so hold of it. there are going to be white claw shortages in Australia as well. Now, whether it's white a deliberate thing to create, you yeah, know, sure headlines in two months' yeah. time that white claw shortages, but yeah, um, white claw is the juggernaut. You know, wh- when you look at that US gains um, thing, you can't directly apply that to Australia for a whole host of reasons. Australia is a different market. America doesn't have a big RTD um, market. I understand tax is completely different here. So that's what I was going to say. I think. Like, I want to look up what the prices are in America for a a (laughs) four-pack of White Claw versus a four-pack of a six-pack of PBR or something. Because I reckon that's the... And remember, you can buy one in a CWS, you know, you know, in a a drugstore, in what we'd call a, you know, you walk into a chemist warehouse and there's (laughs) a a cold fridge, like a fridge full of where I bought a, um, because I took a photo of it, um... I can't remember which beer it was now, but it was, you know, like a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale for six ninety nine for a six pack, in a in a chemist shop. <laughs> yeah, that's crackers. Well, that's because of the, the a, tax, a year ago, two the, years ago. Yeah, the, there's a whole lot of um, differences in, in in the market. And from memory, when you look at the pri- the comparative pricing chart, um, and again, go take the hour, even if you just sort of listen to the chat, but go have a look at the the, the decks. Um, and certainly, uh, Matt, if you, if you are in the industry in terms of um, you know, marketing distribution or um, new product development, it's it's an hour well spent. It's an hour well, well spent. But I, I think in Australia, um, because of the tax, particularly if it's got distilled, um, if it's the true seltzer, which is water with alcohol added, as opposed to the brewed seltzers, which is what a lot of brewers are playing with here to get around tax, Seltzer is a premium play because you're you're actually stepping up because it's got the RTD um, tax to it. If and there's a whole lot of variables in Australia that make it a very different market, but there is so much excitement. I don't know if everyone's seen the social media, like the broadsheets and the man of yeah. many top articles. That's all my feed is at the moment. <laughs> it's just seltzers. It's, I don't know. But it's, it's, it's once they're going, the ultimate list of the 32 seltzers available yeah. in Australia. So it's, <laughs> they, it's just the only of, ones available in Australia. They all taste the same, except yeah. slightly different fruits added. <laughs> yeah. Fruit concentrate. It's a short, step, a short step away from your feed getting filled with uh, seltzer snorkels, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> just going to have a seltzer bath one day. Like. <laughs> but... I don't know. I just in Australia, like they're they're not cheap. Like a four pack of one of these things is twenty twenty four bucks, right? Like that's pretty expensive. Yeah, for, that's pretty expensive. For what that's it expensive. is, yeah. Um, that's 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 a six pack of um, stomping grounds Gip Street Pale Ale. Yeah, and I guess I know what I prefer. Yeah, I, well, I, but we're not the target audience. Hint, hint, listeners, <laughs> it's not the seltzer. Christmas is coming. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't think it's gonna. It is hard as no, I agree. It, it'll I'm definitely not, become a really you know, it'll replace the people that are currently drinking, you know, similar but different. Like, it's not going to be the guys who are drinking, you know, stomach ground pale aren't just going to go, Oh, well, wow, I'm just going <laughs> to dig into the white claws for me, <laughs> yeah. And like, if I was a brewery looking at the, the point that the um, it made is that white claw is already here. It's got all of the momentum and scale and excitement and noise that the being the market leader generates. It's going to get a lot of the attention. Everyone else is going to be fighting for crumbs. And as a you know, and you've got bigger craft players like Stone and Wood that are playing with Sunley Seltzer. And I've seen billboards around the place for Sunley Seltzer. You know, making a name or creating attention is going to need that sort of investment was one of the things that they talked about. You know, that there's a big investment in um, brand to get volume for it. Mm-hmm. Then the other players' differentiation, um, which is something that craft brewers can. But, you know, if I was a small little brewery who was, you know, looking at it and thinking, well, you know, we, we probably need a seltzer on for people who come in, I don't know that mm-hmm. you're going to actually, yeah. you know, when, when you look at all of the research and development that goes into it and things, I'd be buying somebody else's in. That's it. And it's really interesting on that, the brand point, because I get two or three of these new seltzer things a week. They all say exactly the same things about themselves. Yeah. X amount of calories, usually in the 60 to 90 range. Um, it talks about low carb, gluten free, blah, blah, blah. All Vegan. of these exactly say all the same things. There's nothing to differentiate any of them. They all look the bloody same. Yeah. <laughs> and I think people are going to figure out that 
it's I mean taste wise, honestly, it to me it tastes like a you, if you make like a vodka soda with a bit of grapefruit or whatever, that's yeah. the equivalent. And buy a bottle of vodka for 40, 50 bucks and it's 23 standard drinks mm-hmm. versus a four pack of seltzer. There's four <laughs> standard drinks for, well, you know, see, here's the thing that's for just me. a quiet night at home for you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, here's the thing for me because we, we I've just been sort of trying to understand the fruit flavour things and when you look at the people who make the fruit flavours, there's all of this claim about them being nat- natural but, you know, you've what got do you the, mean by natural? What they, 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 they come from a natural fruit. It doesn't yeah. mean, you know, when... when <laughs> they once were a part of a fruit or they were a When craft fruit beer first started, I remember um, David Hollyoak from Red Oak and a whole lot of other brewers mm-hmm. posting photos of their hands as they made a raspberry wheat beer or something like mm-hmm. that and their hands are stained from yep. literally hand squeezing... Um, f- fruit. That's natural. That's um, goddamn natural. But, but that's, that's the natural. perception that they're bringing. They, but how you get something that is a natural fruit flavour, like in, in the sense that the average consumer is taking natural and don't have any sugar in it because fruit has sugar in it. You know, and, and so you've got all of these, it, it is highly extracted in, you know, it's food science processed mm-hmm. um, in a way that, you know, it makes it the Swiss cheese flavoring, or you know, you know, all of these flavors that you know. Uh, it, yeah, it, it, there's, yeah, there's Doritos, something about it. Cheese, but <laughs> Pete, as, as I, I sent you a mock-up for for a t-shirt, you know, the old malt water hops and yeast t-shirt, craft beer yes. could be summed up in four words on a t-shirt. You know, if you wanted to, you know, and, and that was its its promise. When when you look at the amount of overwrought. PR language to describe how healthy and wellness um, seltzers are, but when you put it on a t-shirt, the t-shirt that I came up with was sorghum, hop extract, lemon, flavour, 75.1043N, <laughs> yeast, brackets, and a bunch of other stuff you would only read about in a food science textbook, because you've got yeast nutrients, you've got um, activated charcoal to remove the aroma of stressed yeast from... Um, MLAs, BMLAs. B yeah, all, all of that. All of that. And uh, you've got craft brewers who were once marking themselves as being different from what went before because of the naturalness. You know, craft was all about traditional brewing processes who are jumping onto uh, something that is the complete antithesis of that. And again, you go where the money is and you go, you know, and you've got to keep your business open. If there's a trend, you don't want to give anybody else the advantage because, you know, that could hurt your business, all of these sorts of things. But, you know, at least let's have an honest conversation about it. I still can't believe they're allowed to say natural. That should be banned. Well, it is natural in the technical definition of natural. (laughs) Technically, (laughs) correct. Speaking of going where the money is, breweries win BWS local listing campaign. The national bottle shop chain BWS has announced the breweries that will feature among the winners of its local lover campaign. Uh, Brisbane's Ether Brewing, South Australia's Little Bang Brewing Co., Three Ravens in Melbourne, and Albany's Wilson Brewing Company won, along with the Derwent Valley's Plenty Cider. In addition, Akasha and Bilson's um, in Beechworth. Oh, sorry, Bilson's was also named a fan favourite, uh, but in the spirit premix category. Um, so there we go. So um, we sort of followed this quite a bit, Matt, and we'd seen quite a bit of the, um, you know, the template heart over, and, and a lot of breweries really sort of did a good push. Uh, good or bad? I'm going to say good. Yeah. I'll say Come good. Come on. They're doing, they're doing all right. However, uh, putting, if I'm, putting more if brand I'm, in hand of people who may otherwise not have discovered that beer totally. or that brand. And look, yep. if, you, if you open up Google Maps and you type in BWS, there's like a hundred stores mm-hmm. within five kilometers yep. of the Brisbane CBD. But you guys won't buy from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least BWS is. Kind of Australian. Well, oh, okay. So you got to stand on one leg, tilt your head, squint your eyes. And go, no, that's okay. I'm a, I'm a busy, I'm a busy fella. And if I'm doing my shopping, yeah. I've got you know two hands full of shopping bags, and I just want to quickly run into a BWS sacrilege. I know. At least I can go in and buy a four pack or a six pack of ether or whatever. Yeah. You know, instead of exactly. And as else. as we've said before. Fair enough if you've got a local independent bottle shop near you, but like I don't, and yeah. lots of people don't, yeah. and that's all they've got. They've yeah. all, all they've got is BWS. Yeah. And so if you can get craft beer into the hands of people that would or, ordinarily never be able to get anywhere near it, then that's amazing. That's yeah. brilliant. And they're, they're actually the funny thing with that is they're uh, every time I've bought from a BWS, I always I'm I'm the 
I'm the dude that like looks under the the can and looks at the packaged on date. Me too. <laughs> because like, honestly, because I've just Nerds. I've bought too many four packs and six packs of old beer. But every for I would say this whole year, anytime I've gone into a BWS, it's always been super fresh. I think a couple of weeks ago, I got I got a four pack of Black Ops Pale or a six pack, or whatever they do, and it was it was like a it was three weeks old. Mm. Awesome. That's amazing. Uh, they, well, they, they completely that. re-engineered their process um, to, to buy very much locally. So it no longer goes to the distribution centre in Melbourne yeah. and then comes all the way back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just keep your eye out on the old stone. I always like to uh, see, <laughs> uh, <yeah>. see <laughs> how old the stone is when you... Ding. That's amazing. They're just in the bargain bin these days. That's I don't it. even see them in the fridge. Um, however, and sorry to jump ahead, everyone, we also did a story this week about um, retailers investing in private label beer. So this is the flip side of it, that, yeah, of course, they're investing in local and it's done really well for them. Um, Profits at Endeavour, which own BWS and Dan Murphy's, were up something like 9% in the year. And they attributed that to the growth in local, in the people buying local from their brands. Because local's growing. Because we local's want to be growing. local too. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> which brings us nicely onto um, the fact that Endeavour Drinks, well, Pinnacle Drinks, part of the Endeavour Group, uh, launched Huey Beer this month um so this is a private private label beer they brew at tribe they call it local beer because apparently a it's a golden local it's yeah a it's, golden. it's golden it's golden yeah it's, well, it's golden. local to golden then. it's local to golden um and they've pinned it onto um a charity um which raises funds Give for it. drought affected yep yeah, that's it which uh, raises funds for drought affected communities which isn't really nice which is lovely great thing to do but why i wanted to do this piece is because we've seen an uptick in terms of trademarks um for these private label brands, uh, Coles met, won an award at the World Beer Awards last year for their tinnies. So that was their private label uh, for beer. their low alcohol tinny. Yep, 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 exactly. So this is the thing that they've been investing in, and previously they would be quite quiet about it and not really mention that they had anything to do with it. But now because they've won some awards and things like that, they've really gone up up with it and invested in craft beer. And that's you know, look again. Awesome for the craft brewers are getting ranged and all of that sort of thing, but let's not pretend that you know, yeah, Dan's they're not or doing anyone, it out of the goodness of their heart, they're not doing it out of the goodness of their heart, <laughs> it's selling, and that's why they're promoting yeah, it. And that's great. also why yeah. they're creating products to compete with those same products mm-hmm. that they're now sort of uh, getting yeah, in there, it. and you know, particularly when they're competing in the local craft and charity segment mm. all in one go. Yep. Um, you well. it's getting harder to, to pick them out of a lineup now. Hey, I remember yeah. sort of six, seven years ago, you had all those kind of faux craft brands that would, you know, they just pop up overnight in a massive floor stack and you're like, oh, a new craft beer. And you look, take one look at it and you go, this is just Cole's fluff at yeah, this point. Yeah. But then, but fun, <laughs> And funnily enough, and they knew it because I did, I did a story a couple of years ago where I actually went in and sort of interviewed the uh, sales assistant and said, oh, look, haven't heard of uh, what was it three ring three, three pub ring circus, circus or you know oh, what yeah. one of them? I said oh, I haven't heard of that brewery and I know Melbourne pretty well. Whereabouts is made? Oh, it comes from the same one that makes that and pointing to Mountain Goat, which was then still at least. Asahi. Well, no, it, it was made at Asahi, but it was still independent according to the independent definition. Oh, and, sorry, uh, yes, yes. But you know, because the Coles version was coming from uh, Laverton and the Mountain Goat contract beers that they didn't talk too much about were coming from Laverton. It gave Coles the ability to sort of say, well, this beer comes from Laverton, that beer comes from Laverton, that beer's independent, so we're independent. Or, you know, we're, we're the same as independents. And yeah, uh, yeah. that was the thing. So It's interesting. And, yeah, there's so many economic reasons why the, why they would do it because it increases their profit margins, they keep everything in-house. It's just – it makes financial sense for them to do it. But – yeah, just as a little little bit of caution, you know, they, they're great. They're doing really good things for local, but yeah, they're not all good. Read the back of the can. <laughs> read the back of the can, yeah. Check, check read the, the small print on the website. Check the, the package on day yeah, and exactly. read the back of the can. <laughs> if, if that's what's important to you. Take your magnifying and, uh, glass and next to the, for those the uh, shop, who are going for their five in a row diagonal, um, <laughs> it's been a busy quarter for payback. <laughs> The Alcohol Beverages Advertising Code's latest report revealed a high level of complaints in the third quarter of 2020, with the adjudication panel finding 16 breaches across a variety of media and code standards. Overall, there were 53 complaints, 23 determinations. Um, Breweries were off to a good start this year with several months of low levels of complaints, but marketing during the COVID-19 pandemic and presumably 
the anonymous complainant um, had a lot more time on their hands. Than <laughs> the well, um, issues with packaging, social media posts uh, have seen complaints increase. If you see the near hysteria that one social media post about alcohol every um, oh, or, or 37 a minute thing, or something yeah. like every, that. One every 30 seconds or something ridiculous. And we talked about it. Obviously, yeah, it doesn't yeah. understand how the uh, algorithms work. Algorithms, we'll, yeah. we, we should point that an increase in complaints doesn't make an increase in bad behaviour. Mm-hmm. But out of all of that, the IBA is working closely with ABAC and there is in November a, um, a seminar, um, a webinar to look into, um, you know, including Q&A and a whole lot of background. So I know that a lot of our listeners, and I don't think you actually have to be a brewer to attend the webinar anyway. So if any of our engaged um, listeners wanted to sit in, I'm sure that wouldn't necessarily, I, I can't say, don't quote me on this, but given it's a webinar and you don't actually have to physically attend, I'm sure you yeah. can sit there and listen for your own education. That's it. And that's, so that's Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, sorry. Go on, Pete's got it. Wednesday, 25th of November, 2020, <laughs> from 10 to 11 a.m. That's Eastern Standard Normal Time <laughs> in the summer. So, yes, if you're in Brisbane, that's 9 till 10, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that's annoying. Uh, yes. Don't forget that because yeah. you will miss it if you log in at, yeah. at 10. Um Gab's Can Design Award launches in New Zealand. So after a hugely successful launch of the Gab's Craft Beer Can Design Awards presented by Aurora uh, in Australia, the team behind the poll are thrilled now to be bringing the initiative to the breweries and craft beer lovers of New Zealand. Um, The key dates, you must have your uh, design submissions in by the 26th of October, and you can do that at gabshub.com, G-A-B-S-H-U-B.com. Um, the People's Choice voting will begin on the 30th of October and go through till the 13th of November, and that's at gabsfestival.com. And the expert panel will review things from the 16th to the 27th of November, and the winner will be announced on the 4th of December. Cool. Did you guys vote? I, I, I was very interested to see the the quality and the quantity, and, and also the I think the design trends. So if you kind of looked at them um, one-on-one, you kind of go, oh, that's interesting, that's interesting. When you kind of scan through, you can see where the patterns are sort of emerging. It's interesting, uh, as you guys know, I'm um, ploughing through. I'm, 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 I'm down to about six boxes. So I've, I've nearly photographed all of my beer bottle and can collection, and <laughs> no it's really way. interesting to see how things have changed. Like you, you pick out a box and you go, oh, this is – Obviously, I put them all in around the same time, you know, in each box. And it's really interesting to see, A, if I pick it up and it's really heavy, I go, oh, this is an old one because it's all bottles. If I pick one up and it's really easy, oh, this is last week's because it's all cans. <laughs> so even that sort of shift. But but looking at, yeah, the way that um, brewers are looking at designing their cans has really, really changed markedly. That'd be a really cool uh, activation at a, at a Gab's when we can have Gab's again. Uh, Pete Mitchum's... Sort of walk through time, <laughs> through, beer, the stubby, beer through the, the ages. Yeah, the stubby house. You get a personally guided tour with Pete for a hundred bucks a pop. I'd I pay. like that you keep monetizing Pete. I think that's yeah, we've got you know like that. I'm just yeah. you know they're in lockdown. I just want to make sure he's getting paid for his day's work. I'll get my people to speak with your people. Yeah. We'll do lunch. Yeah, <laughs> virtually of course. Virtually, yeah, hundred percent. Careful with those Zoom meetings. Sorry, there's just some late breaking news. If we can have the oh, um, wow. And it was something that came up that one of our eagle-eyed uh, Facebook newsgroup uh, readers uh, caught on to, um, but just literally now got a uh, media release. Cooper's catches the Pacific Pale Ale wave. Cooper's Brewery is tapping into the nation's love affair with the sun, surf, laid-back music and great-tasting beer, releasing Pacific Pale Ale in time for summer. The launch will see the Australian family-owned brewery's existing session ale renamed as Pacific. Hold on, so that, so you're not actually releasing no. the beer, you're just changing its name. It's just changing its name, yeah. Somebody actually m- mentioned this on Reddit last week, some eagle-eyed viewer of some kind was just like, why have they done this? As part of the national promotional campaign, and to try and keep Cooper's jiggy with the kids, Cooper's has teamed <laughs> up with... No, it doesn't say <laughs> that. Um, and a shout-out to Dr. Tim Cooper <laughs> getting jiggy with the kids. <laughs> Um, oh, Cooper's God. has teamed up with renowned Australian singer-songwriter Angus Stone and the effortless swagger of his solo project, Dope Lemon, because Cooper's wants to be dope too, um, as a Pacific Pale Ale brand collaborator. So, dope Lemon sounds like something you find in a seltzer. <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. And and a uh, THC seltzer. Don't give them ideas, Cooper's, <laughs> Cooper's seltzer anyway. But funnily enough, it was somebody else. I'm um, trademarking that. 
Somebody <laughs> else said to me during the week, and I won't name and shame, well, it wouldn't be shaming them, but they probably don't want to be. Uh, Cooper's social media post has gone through a bit of a, um, uh, you know, Cooper's, which always used to be very, very traditional. If you look at the Cooper's Brewery social media, they have suddenly uh, started going, you know, very uh, sort of dope. Ooh, um, or what, I hate to say, an older person would think is dope. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that, that, isn't yeah. it? So yeah, so they, they've suddenly. Um, is this know. a Steve Buscemi? Hello, fellow. Yes, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly, yeah. exactly. There like is that. a bit of that, um, and I think they didn't they get a new PR agency because they've been working with KWP partners for years and years and years. We talked about it on the podcast recently. Um, they always talked about how important this business was for them, and then they ditched them recently. And so I think we're suddenly starting to see. Cooper's, you know, Cooper's turned its baseball cap around. Um, <laughs> it's strange they named it after and it's the uh, pants are around their ankles. They named it after the Eastern Ocean off Australia as well. When they're, they're on from, the Southern Ocean, there should be the Southern Indian Ocean well, ale. I, I, that I, sounds I, cool as well. Yeah, I'd have got just, with that. just own it. But yeah. I weighed into the comments because they launched this beer at the height of the Pacific trademark dispute, mm-hmm. um, ah. and. So they, they called it Session Ale, um, and these days, I mean, now, um, since that CUB, uh, CUB had just about every one of their craft breweries had a Pacific Ale because they had the permission, um, they had the agreement with Pacific Ale. Mm-hmm. The case came out, we've started to see, I, I think um, Hope Estate has a Pacific Ale, uh, Lions, uh, Tiny Mountain has a Pacific Ale. We've started to see Pacific Ale become that summer ale accepted style, style name, whereas a lot of brewers didn't really want to stand in that space because Pacific Ale had some clear air f- mm-hmm. for them. It has now become a bit more of an accepted style definition. And uh, Cooper's, I, I, I saw them interviewed this week um, talking, uh, they released something say, talking about their innovation. It was a branded content with um, uh, Broadsheet where they were sort of talking about all of their innovation pipeline. And you're sort of going, okay, so you've knocked off Pacific Ale, you've knocked off... Bolter's XPA, you've now done hazy. Um, <laughs> Two years after it's everyone not else. Ex- it's not exactly innovation when you're following on everyone else's uh, coattails, um, but now they've done it. So, But ironically, they tried to trademark original pale ale. What? Oh, right. Because okay. they were saying that they were the original pale ale. So, yeah, it's just... And the original sparkling ale, if you think about it. Uh, but oh, I think sorry, they, not I think they are the original, original sparkling ale, and I think... I'll have to go back and check, but they may have original sparkling ale, but... That'd be quite hard to... My collection doesn't go back that far, but I reckon there was a, you know, like a Crown Empire sparkling ale or or something. Oh, sparkling ales were were, were huge 100 years ago. Yeah, it's a little bit like steam ale, that if you you trademarked it at the right time, when everyone else had forgotten about it and it hasn't yet been resurrected, you can probably get away with it. Yeah. We must move on, and it's time to thrust elbow deep into the mailbag. Don't forget you can review us on iTunes, send us in an email, uh, send up a smoke signal, uh, carry a pigeon, whatever you need to do to be in the draw for the letter of the week. All our commenters and messages and uh, people who send us love in any form will receive a Deblu Bakes gingerbread biscuit and um, will also go into the draw to win. You'll be eligible to win uh, a six-pack from our very good friends at Beer Cartel who are great supporters of the sponsor. And I did notice the guys were uh, promoting that they've just popped in on a new um, – the first episode of a podcast, which I think is like a, an innovation or a, um, a business-based podcast uh, talking about COVID transitions and pivots and unprecedented waters and times and things. And Grant actually hosted it. Who was our correspondent for that? Wasn't it? Was oh, it? right. There you go. So, yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, when you click through to the story, you'll see that uh, MC Grant McCarran. Yeah, you can also join our Facebook group. Just search Radio Brews News and use the password Soapbox. Um, oh, Matt, we've got an email from Grant McCarran. So, Grant says, Hi there. I previously emailed about an interview with a rep from Lion, and it's out in the wild now. Um, I assume we'll put that in the show notes. That would be nice, wouldn't it? We will. Um, interesting chat in general, and it also touches on how Lion are assessing what the new normal could be and what it means for them regarding venues and non-retail volume. In other news... <laughs> Do you need more? Do you need any more funds to buy those shares so you can attend the AGM? Happy to chip in some more to help out or to help Claire recover from flying Jetstar. <laughs> friends don't let friends fly Jetstar, you know. Now, in Matt's defence, I booked that myself. Um, <laughs> we did. That I think we did mention thing. that because I, I I did use yeah. It's you take the make, did you? Friends Go don't let good friends fly Jetstar. Yeah, that's it. Um, however, I've flown Ryanair. 
and anyone who's flown Ryanair throws <laughs> the bottom of the barrel. And survived to yeah. tell the story. <laughs> Jetstar is I've, I've, another step up from that, really. I've done one EasyJet. EasyJet from... Ooh, that's uh, not good either. From, I did uh, EasyJet from Glasgow to Luton. <laughs> oh, and those are two destinations. You don't, <laughs> most people don't want to start or finish in. <laughs> no, exactly. I did EasyJet from um, Gatwick to Pisa. Oh, that's a bit And the takeoff much. was delayed by about four hours and the return was delayed by about six and uh didn't have to sit on the tarmac did you no we got off no that's right the luggage it took six hours for the luggage to get off the plane (laughs) um and yeah oh god grim um, however, uh, yeah. So anyway, do we do we need more funds back? For well, the, no. Uh, we we always need more <laughs> to our uh, awesome listeners, uh, um, James Omond, um, emailed because the, when I'd looked into it, buying shares, I needed a five hundred dollar minimum. But James found a. Um, reputable uh, online share trading. <laughs> we hope. Um, well, we hope. Um, it's, it seems to have been um, uh, called... We don't want the shares. We just want a seat at the table. No, well, <laughs> but we we bought... We didn't have to buy $500 worth of shares. We bought $100 worth of shares. Um, now, oh, I, cool. I, I wasn't able to get it at the bargain basement price of one point of 1.4 cents. I had to uh, stretch um, and buy it at 1.7 cents. Oof. So to those of you who ha- have invested, right. unfortunately, <laughs> the share price is down to 1.6 cents at the moment. Oh, so pe- already people have signed, We've got listeners who have signed up their as yet unborn children to <laughs> prestigious public schools. <laughs> no, I, I did say that I hope to sort of get a 25% return on the, you know, the $100 worth of share. So, yeah. Uh, listen, we must away. Um, thank you very much to Cryomalt, to Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging, and to the guys at Beer Cartel for making all of this possible. Thanks very much, Matt. Thank you, Pete. Thanks, Claire. Cheers, Pete. And thanks, Jimmy. Thank you, Pete. Uh, plans for this week? It's a big week, Ooh, especially if you guys up there. Today. Massive um, week. Well, we've got the grand final. What's it like in Melbourne this week for the uh, grand final shut build up. up? Just shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not crying. I, I, I wasn't. Crying. I wasn't baiting you. <laughs> I was just generally in, interested because, uh, look, it's it, it. It yeah. It's um. I, I think everyone was kind of looking forward to. Okay, we've accepted the fact that you know for the first time it, it's going to be out of Victoria. That's fine. We can still watch it. Uh, it'd be great. We can have a few friends over and and at least make a bit of an occasion of it. But that looks like that's that's unlikely to happen. Um, and and most disappointing, I think, is that you know, come Sunday night, uh, things will change. I think they'll the um, restrictions will be released. Um, I, I don't look. I don't think there's you know massive civil unrest being planned. I think everyone's kind of accepted their lot as as a whole, uh, or on the whole. Um, it'll be you know it'll be a big day. But but just just that little bit different. I think it'll make ne- next year's you know even bigger. Well, having seen the lack of build up in Brisbane, um, you know, I, I think that anyone... I was hoping that Bris- the Lions would have got through over the Cats last week because I think that would have made a massive difference. Oh, it, it would have given Brisbane, a, a, but that's that was the point I was going to make. Is that I've been in Melbourne when it's been you know like a Brisbane um, Port Adelaide grand final so Melbourne didn't even have a team and there was no loss of excitement no loss of enthusiasm you know the streets were still bedecked in you know flags and bunting and support for for the various teams and that is the thing that makes Melbourne during grand final week unlike anywhere else in Australia so uh, um, as a you know, semi-proud Queenslander. Um, I will. You'll never hear me say, "Oh, the grand final should be played here," when it's, <laughs> because it's Melbourne's and it's Melbourne's and Melbourne owns it, and Melbourne does it justice. Yeah, I don't think we'll ever get to the stage of the um, Super Bowl where it's it's sort of you know handed around from from one town to the next each year. Um, but like like I say, it doesn't necessarily. It's it's better if if a home team is is in the grand final. That home that home team, you know. That, that state or that, that city certainly lifts. But as I say, they do it anyhow. It, 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 go for a walk this morning and there's half a dozen houses just in my neighbourhood who have who have got uh, either Geelong or Richmond bunting and flags and posters or the mighty Melbourne Storm who will take on the Panthers on Sunday and uh, get what up. What's that? That's the NRL. That's your, <laughs> your code. <laughs> there you go. So go the mighty Storm. Good luck on Sunday. Um, and good luck to everyone who um, who's... Got a dog in the fight in either the ARL, AFL or the NRL Grand Finals. It's always a, a huge week. Enjoy it because it only comes around once a year. That's it for this week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum. It's been a pleasure to have you on Brews News Week. As I say each week, drink fresh, drink local because it matters until it doesn't. 
and wash your damn hands locally. and look after each other. <laughs> we haven't okay. got another hour on this. <laughs> and we're out. Boom. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of great Australian beer. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. Beer.